My name's Brian, and today is Thursday, October 5th, 2023, and this is episode 539 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Finding Out Their Why, Simple Strategies for Doing Interviews, and it's brought to you by Podmatch. Today, I'll be discussing some basic things to make you a better interviewer, and even just to, to have better conversations conversations in general, whether it be with a stranger or someone you know. But let's first grab a cup of coffee, catch up on what's going on, and uh, check out the live chat, and we'll dive into that topic in just a little bit. Good morning, Pip. How we doing? Oh, I'm pretty sure this is how things started last time, and it ended up with a 150-episode uh, uh, segment on my show. Uh, but today in history, the Wright Brothers set a new flight distance. Love Me Good as the Beatles' first single gets released. Title, Tylenol recalls cyanide lace, aspirin, and just a few other things. Pip must be uh, hitting that wiki history this morning already. Oh, what's going on, guys? Uh, we're still here. We, uh, I don't think the, the zombie apocalypse happened just quite yet. Yeah, uh, eh, who knows? We all survived the test. I think the the magical EAS test yesterday at uh, 118 Central, 218 Eastern, not 220. Those lying bastards set it off two minutes early. But what did you see? Did you see anything uh, significant in your area? Did you see anything off the wall? Looks like um, old scrambling out there in Seattle. I don't think that it, it uh, necessarily was directly related, but... Got his fence whacked up by a uh, by a wacko, a wackadoodle, or uh, something of that nature when he was uh, uh, taken off to the store. Sounds like there might have been a domestic dispute or something, but uh, they they hacked up his fence. Um, Pip says it was a premature alert, and it happens to all the emergency alert systems. Uh, good morning, MSU Rifle. How are we doing this morning? Um, Hunter said there was nothing and he's kind of disappointed Dude, just, we just gotta, we gotta play the long game here. We got to see the big picture. This was the first, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> don't worry. Um, I don't know this morning in the coffee chat for the topic. I want to, uh, discuss some of the things that I, I went down the rabbit hole yesterday, guys. I, um, I went to do laundry and I, you know, I always have the best of plans when I when I go to do laundry. I'm like, all right, this is like an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes of uh, just sitting here. And I can be productive during this time. I can do things that, uh, that I need to get done. I usually decide like I'm going to bring a notepad or something like that, jot down notes, brainstorm, this or that. And I sit down and observe people or watch TikTok. <laughs> That's usually what happens. Uh, it, it is great people watching at the, at the laundry mat for sure. And yesterday, TikTok was definitely, um, definitely a rabbit hole of, uh, absolute craziness, uh, surrounding what was going to happen with this test. My God, I got a couple of things on my list here that I, that I looked at, uh, that I, I followed the trail and, uh, eh, I thought I would share them with you. 
Uh, good morning, Cormac. How we doing? Looking forward to talking to you this afternoon in uh, in a little while. Little while here. Uh, Hunter says the <laughs> Hunter says he um, he's got a, a playlist uh, that he was listening to that um, that has the emergency alert siren at the beginning, and uh, it confused him in the morning. And Backwoods Butcher, how we doing? Good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, anyway, so I think this is uh, this might end up being akin to a little bit of a um, tinfoil Tuesday uh, pre-show uh, episode here at the in the first fifteen minutes. Um, what what uh, rabbit holes did Brian go down? Well, first, how how did my uh, emergency test go? I guess uh, I like I said I was doing laundry. And then I had to go to Walmart and get the groceries. And then I had to stop off at the adult beverage store to grab something. And uh, I was going to get out of town. So I finished laundry. I was I was hoping, well, hoping or interested in possibly being at, um, um, hopefully had the possibility of being at Walmart when the test went off. <laughs> I was thinking... Um, I was thinking that if I was at Walmart, it could definitely be some good content. It could be uh, interesting to watch what happens when the whole store lights up with uh, with all these phones. Actually, seeing that a lot of didn't even know it was happening, so I was curious. I was curious, and then as the day progressed and the time got closer, and I went down uh, Wackadoodle Road on TikTok, I went, man, maybe I really don't want to be in Walmart. <laughs> Maybe maybe that isn't the best place to be, uh, even if it would have been content gold. Uh, MSU Rifle says the GoPro at Walmart. I was hoping uh, I did not I did not take it, but I got um, I got done with laundry. Not a peep out of anyone there about it. People were milling about uh, as normal, having normal conversations. Not one person there did I hear mention it to anyone else. Uh, I finished I finished that up. And I rolled. Um, Hunter asked if the TVs went off too. I don't know. I don't. Own, I don't own a TV. Uh, does anybody uh, have a TV? I think James uh, said that he was on the phone with his mom out in Arizona, and it hadn't hit the TVs there. I think, uh, from what I recall in the group. Anyway, I got out of. Um, I got out of the laundry mat, headed over to Walmart, and I, I got there, and it was. Uh, about 12 30 local time so i had uh, 50 minutes to do my grocery shopping and get the hell out i looked at the list corey's been sending me uh with the same list every week basically we kind of get in a, a pattern of eating the same things everything on the list i had already purchased before i knew where it was i knew uh the list was shorter than normal uh and man i busted it out I was out of the store really by uh, five after, I think, was when I got through the checkout line. I was like, oh, cool. On my way home, got to swing in, grab a bottle of uh, a bottle of treats for Corey and grab that was on my way. And I sent a message in the group, ironically saying, hey, I'm headed home over the hill where I have no no cell phone service and that I see I'll see you guys on the other side. And as I got pulling out of the truck or pulling out of the liquor store parking lot, I was like, oh, shit. I forgot I had to get gas this morning too. So as I'm rolling down the road, I pull in the gas station and boom, two minutes early, the alert goes off and uh, man, it was chaos. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. 
Um, <laughs> Backwoods Butcher says it wasn't as scary as Gino Lowe in the shop covered in blood. I mean, there is that. There is that. Well, I uh, I experienced uh, basically no ill effects from the from the EAS system. But uh, like I said, I wrote down some of the rabbit holes that I went down on TikTok before before the whole thing happened while I was doing laundry. Sat outside, it was a beautiful day, and uh, just scrolled. Kyle got a lot of uh, Kyle got a lot of messages yesterday of uh, of my my uh, re- quote unquote research on TikTok. Um, man, the 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 um, conspiracy theories went man, they went bonkers. They absolutely went bonkers. Uh, everything from super mild to end of the world stuff. Uh, of course, the zombie uh, the zombie activation was uh, was one thing that they that the government had developed a tone that uh, was going to all flip our brains and we were all going to be zombies. Unless you didn't listen to it, and then that happened, I uh, I really quickly ruled that one out. Seeing you could just turn it off, I, I didn't think I didn't think that was uh, worth indulging. Uh, there were lots of uh, this was a false flag that there's something going on in the background that they're doing the test and uh all in 9-11 there was actually something going on um that uh, we weren't getting alerted about it was a distraction it was a, a shiny thing to cover up what was going on in the background i mean that could still be true that could definitely still be true uh but there were quite a few versions of what that was um that it was just a distraction while they moved people, they moved, uh, they moved different things. They did military actions. It was, uh, it was definitely interesting. Uh, some of the ones that really interested me, uh, Kyle just mentioned it in the chat was the, the concept of the Brown tone, the Brown note. Uh, and if you haven't heard of this one, there were a, a large amount of people that were legitimately concerned that the tone that they played during the emergency alert system was going to make us all shit our pants. Like, I don't know if it started as a joke and uh, spiraled on from there, but there were legit, there were people that were obviously joking about it, but there were people that were legit concerned that they were going to be able to control the bowels of every person in America that listened to this tone. Man, man, I thought that sometimes when, when I laid in bed and let my mind go wild on the things that, um, that was going on, or some of the things that are going on, some of the conspiracies that roll up in my head, some of the dots that I connect that actually probably should never be even close to each other. Uh, I thought I was on the edge. This made me feel kind of okay. Like, this made me feel that um, and I don't chase all the theories. I think it was Jack Spierko that said once, you know, I don't mind indulging people in their conspiracy theories as long as they don't believe one of them. If you can tell me the one you don't believe, then I'll I'll probably listen to the ones you do believe uh, and at least consider them. Because, I mean, as we all know, conspiracy theorists often end up being historians uh, just a little ahead of their time. But, uh, man, the brown tone. That one got me. That one got me. I was uh, I was listening and this was interesting. 
Um, Donner says he doesn't need a tone for that. Yeah, I got I got my tone right here. And speaking of that, what's in the cup today? Uh, Silver Bullet finishing off that pound from yesterday. And it's a 80-20 blend of Silver Bullet and uh, Fairtrade Organic Light Peruvian. Ha, Ryan, <laughs> you might want to make that Silver Bullet a three bean blend. Um, <laughs> um, MSU Rifle says the purpose was really to get you to look at your phone so they could get a current picture to use for their facial recognition programs. I don't think they really need, they don't need that um, when uh, so many people have biometric locks and things like that, facial recognition on their phone. Cameras are always on. I, I really don't think that that's it. Uh, Pip says, there's the phone alert again. Run to the toilet. Um, <laughs> oh, Pip says, what is what is it with the alerts and the poo conspiracies? Uh, the vids, the video is going to make you shit yourself. Buy up all the TP. <laughs> oh, we're trying, we're trying to uh, prime the the toilet paper outage of uh, 2024 again. <laughs> we had we had such a disaster with the COVID shit paper uh, fiasco that uh, they're trying to alert us that we're going to need it again. <laughs> Oh, and Kyle, 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 Kyle. Kyle is um, very obsessed with Hunter Biden. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. But he sent me some video yesterday that Biden, Hunter Biden showed up for court with a shaved head because he had to give drug samples. Dude. He could give drug samples and he could light it up for every illegal substance known to man. And it's not going to matter. He does not need to shave his head because he's giving drug samples. Just, just an FYI. Just an FYI. Um, other things that uh, that popped up. I'm gonna go a little little bit long on the coffee chat this morning, but uh, then circle into this uh, chat about interviews. Uh, two other things I wanted to hit. So we I talked about the the brown note. Um, and now the other two, one was that they're getting this system in place to let us know at the last second that there's an asteroid that's going to hit us in September of 2024. September, tw September 2nd, 2024, folks, say goodbye. There's a four-mile-wide asteroid coming for the, for, for the United States and the rest of the world that... Uh, it's on its on its course, and this is uh, what they're going to do to protect us. They're giving us the brown note or the emergency alert system. So there's that one. You guys can look into that. And then, uh, man, the spooky one, the spooky one that uh, a lot of people picked up on, and a lot of people ran with. Um, that is, as far as I can tell, the technology is legit. Um, and then from a lot of the things that I read or I looked into about the jabby jab kind of lines up, it kind of lines up, man. When you talk, when I tell you about it, when I let it, um, let it come out of my mouth, uh, it will make me sound a little freaking crazy, but, um, man, 
Have you ever heard of Teslaphoresis? Anybody look into that? I uh, I got a, quite an education on it yesterday while I was doing laundry. Uh, Teslaphoresis is the remote assembling of nano uh, nano wires. I guess you would say is a short description. Basically, they were using frequency and electricity to remotely assemble particles into a uh, wire or assemble particles into really, I think by now, anything they really want. Uh, this was back in 2016 that uh, that they published this study, that they had achieved this and there were video of it happening. And I'm watching this going, huh, this is interesting. And uh, as they explored it deeper and they went down those rabbit holes, I, I was very curious and very interested in the whole process. Not necessarily for nefarious reasons that uh, that it it possibly could be used for, but just the technology in general. And um, man, why do people have to use this shit for bad things? Like this technology is absolutely phenomenal, and all I can all I can picture is it being used for shit, uh, being used for uh, um, evil and uh, and bad things. So I don't know. Look up Tesla Phoresis. And check it out and uh, see what you think. See, um, take a look at the the video from Rice University back in 2016 when they announced that they had discovered this technology. And when you look at the video, um, carefully watch the the substance or the wire that's formed in that petri dish, and um, and just think about if you've seen something that looks like that before. Let me know. Let me know. I don't want to. I don't want to jade the jade your mind with what I saw. But uh, man, it really looks similar to something that I had seen in the past that was pretty uh, pretty significant. So check that out. Tesla Phoresis, uh, twenty sixteen Rice uh, Rice University, and uh, see what you think of that video. Man, if all the videos I saw this shit was fake, somebody put some time and effort into that for sure. Uh, and one last thing before we wrap up, I uh, I, I posted up a gas uh, gas pump hack yesterday. I uh, if you have an older truck, if you have uh, pickups in general, we're pretty susceptible to it. Uh, when I was in the gas industry, you uh, I always would see people put the nozzle in their car, engage the auto fill, um, the the little clip underneath that lets it hold the handle up, and then it clicks off when the when the vehicle's full. Uh, when you would engage that and it would just instantly click off. Not because your vehicle is full, uh, because uh, it, it's a piece of shit nozzle usually, but a lot of the reason is uh, the the size of the fill tube on your vehicle is too wide. Um, not too wide, but wide, too wide for that nozzle. And the way it hangs in the fill tube, it causes back pressure to or uh, backflow to happen. When the backflow happens right up by the nozzle, uh, the the function that clicks it off, it's a little um, error lock mechanism. It's 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 not a complicated mechanism, but basically it's very sensitive so that it will kick off when as soon as the uh, the vehicle's full with fuel, it gets enough of a backflow that it'll kick it off. Uh, and it's just a matter of how it's sitting in the fill tube. Flip the nozzle over. Uh, you can check out all the social little uh, shorts videos and uh, see what I did. Uh, basically, my truck, it's easy. I just uh, flip it over and hang it over the over the gas cap door, and it's problem solved. 
problem solve. Uh, it, it just re, re-aims the fuel so it doesn't backfill up into that nozzle and it doesn't click off. So uh, that's a little hack. I did have some people like, oh, you're just trying to get an extra couple of, uh, uh, extra couple of squeezes into the tank. You're going to ruin your EVAP system. Dude, I got a 2010 fucking F-250. Ain't worrying about ruining the EVAP system. And the truck was on a quarter full. So it was not full. People, people and uh, their knowledge. MSU Rifle says my Chevy 2500. Yeah, uh, flip that nozzle upside down. That, that um, yeah, I I went round and round in uh, when I would be at gas stations helping people doing that for sure. So flip it up, flip it up. Uh, Backwoods Butcher says I got so looped into the whole Q thing in 2020 that I knew it was going to be anything. I knew it wasn't going to be anything. But I'm also super excited for something to happen so we can go pew pew. So I just let it happen. <laughs> Man, you'll grow up sometime. <laughs> I uh, I just kind of want to fade in, uh, fade towards the, the rest of my life with um, with the with just not uh, fade out the rest of my life with nothing significant happening. I just want to blend into society and roll along. I don't need, I don't need a Mad Max scenario. I'm, uh, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> oh, Backwood says he hasn't had his coffee yet. Bear with him as in, uh, a black bear, B-E-A-R. Um, how about bear with you? B-A-R-E. Did you get a bear in this morning, Kyle? Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to that topic of the day. We're going to be talking about uh, how to be a better interviewer or uh, just a better conversationalist in general. I think these rules apply. Uh, well, a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, I'll get to some that you're going to be like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, but first, I want to talk to you about Podmatch. It's something very exciting to me. I've been using it to uh, up to almost uh, almost a year now. I think a year in December. But you know how I was was I was struggling to hunt for interesting people to chat with on lots to talk about. I was having episodes where I had to bring people on emergency. I had no shows. I had uh, scheduling uh, problems finding people to come on. Well, I saw I found the perfect solution to that, and it's called Podmatch.com. Now imagine this. It's a platform like a dating app, like, um, eh, not quite like Tinder, but you know, uh, but it's for podcasters and podcasting guests. And it's a game changer. No more endless searching, no more asking friends if they know anybody that wants to come on. Basically, I get a list of candidates that match the profile I put out there. It matches this up. It makes it easy. There's scheduling. There's, um, there's all sorts of communication tools. And it's just a great platform, but it's not just for podcasters. It's not just for people looking for guests. If you are a small business owner, if you're a podcaster yourself, if you have anything to promote or talk about, you can sign up for Podmatch also and be in those guest lists that I get when your profile matches mine. It's a great system. I love it. I actually make money on it every month by interviewing people. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me and I can explain that whole thing to you. But if you have heard enough and you're interested in checking it out on yourself, grab the link in the video description and the audio description. Check out podmatch.com. 
and sign up today as either a host or a guest. It is uh, it is well worth the money that I put into it every month. So check out podmatch.com. Um, let's check this out. Um, Oh. <laughs> oh man never mind never mind i'm not going to even go in down the road of the comments at the moment but let's get into interview skills so one of the one of my favorite things to do on the podcast and actually it might go on pause here for three months and it's not because i don't enjoy it it's not because i um Man, it is it is one of the things that I really like to do. I think it came from my background in in bartending and conversing with people. Uh, it was interviews. It's uh, talking to guests, and I think I've improved at it uh, over the the couple of years here that I've been coming up on a couple of years that I've been interviewing people, and I kind of went back and thought about um, how I I purposely got better. Uh, some of the things that I read, some of the articles I read, some of the some of the tips and tricks I use to get better. And I thought I'd share them with you. And as I was putting them down, I really writing them down and thinking about them, putting my notes together, I realized I really realized that it 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 would help more than just podcast interviewers. I think it uh, it, it really lends itself to a good conversation between you and a friend, you and a stranger you and a potential client, you and a potential um, uh, employee. Uh, it probably could even help you in an interview situation when you are trying to get a job. I, I think these skills are just uh, personal interaction skills, a lot of them. So keep an ear out. Um, if you consciously focus on these things when you're talking to people or when you're prepping for an interview or in the midst of an interview, I think any of them are going to make you um, make you get um, make you get better interviews. So here we go. Here we go. I'm going to hit these and kind of expand on them a little bit. I just got a, a list here again. But uh, man, the first the first thing is be curious about whatever your guest is talking about. Uh, hopefully if you're a podcaster, if you're a podcast, you have a, you have a, a, at least a general topic. Uh, mine is general. Mine is general. I, I think my, my interview shows really revolve around people doing things different, doing things, um, their own way. I don't really talk to a lot of people that have the nine to five grind and uh, nothing else going on. People doing exciting things, people doing interesting things, people uh, that are on different paths. It's easy for me to be curious about that. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. That snuck up. Um, be curious about your guest and their story. Think about what they're saying <laughs> and ask more questions. Excuse me. And using that curiosity, come up with some engaging questions that the audience is going to appreciate. When you sit there and if you in your head, as they're saying something, go, huh, I wonder how that happened. I wonder, I wonder why. Um, find out their why. Be curious. That's the title of the, of the episode is find out their why. 
maybe they maybe that's not what they put forth in their in their profile and their pitch maybe you cold pitch them and you really don't know their story find out why they're doing what they are that brought them onto your show Kyle Kyle talks to butchers and homesteaders why I mean if you if you dig at the why of anything it's going to be a good conversation. You might have to expand on it. That might not be your whole episode. You might not be able to get the whole episode out of their why, but you'd be surprised. You would really be surprised uh, how far that can, that one question, that one, um, that one line of thinking can, can really carry an interview. So be curious, be curious and, and be willing to pull those strings and go down Go down uh, rabbit holes with information. Uh, number two is do your homework on the person. Podmatch that I that I mentioned as the as the uh, quote unquote sponsor of the of the program today. They make it easy. They really make it easy. You can put it on the easy button. Uh, you can go a little further. I, I it depends on the guest and how full their profile is. In my situation. But Podmatch makes this so easy, um, man. The the guests they write a bio, they write um, potential titles for the episode, they write uh, potential uh, questions. Uh, basically, it says questions. I'm always willing to answer. Some have two or three. Some have a dozen to uh, to twenty questions there. Basically, uh, and then they also include a uh, a short bio that you can use for your, your show notes. They, uh, they provide a call to action that you can use for your guests after the fact. It's all laid out there for you. And once I saw the things that were laid out um, in this platform, it really made sense that that's probably what I should have been uh, digging up beforehand, uh, before I was using Podmatch. When I was, when I was cold calling guests, when I was trying to get guests on, I didn't know. Uh, when you interview somebody, you know, it's a little bit easier because you know their story, you know, the questions asked, but when it's a cold guest that you know nothing about the, the things that Podmatch has taught me to look for and use from their site, if I ever don't use their site, it will make it significantly easier to do my homework on a guest, find out things that, uh, that are in their background. Maybe they were, maybe they did a complete career change and it's not mentioned anywhere on their site, but for some reason you did a little research and found out about it. Maybe, uh, maybe preface that beforehand. Maybe they don't want to talk about that. Uh, maybe they don't want to talk about former things, but if it's out in the public domain, uh, I think it's fair game. Uh, depending on the relationship you want to build with the person you're interviewing, you may want to preface it before the recording and ask them if it's okay that you go down those lines. But man, um, Jesus, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe do your homework on them, uh, have questions prepared, put the work in before to make that interview a little better. And backwards says when it's, when it's a cold guest, just get him a blanket. Oh man, 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 man. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, so do your homework, get, uh, get a, get a, uh, background on them have have some substance have an idea where you want to go with it and uh, be prepared be prepared you're you're taking their time i know it's your show um but be prepared to talk to them 
now if you uh if if you're trying to use that as uh as a just a general conversation uh tip i don't know how much you could do the homework do your homework on people that you're going to talk to randomly or just have conversations with every day but that be curious i forgot to mention that um man do that in general life i had the note down here and i never said it just in in life in general be curious pull strings when you see something and you go, huh, um, maybe look into it a little bit. There's a reason we question things, and it's because we don't know the answer. Uh, most, most, uh, most of the time, if you find out the answer, if you take, if it, if it spurs you enough to ask the question, I wonder, or why, it might probably be worth finding out the answer, or at least looking into it for a second. Uh, so let's go on. That was be curious. Uh, do your homework. Next thing on my list here is make a comfortable environment for the guest. And I think one of the ways I try to do um, try to do this up front is really get them on the get them on the recording platform before you start. Get them on five minutes. I do live interviews. That's um, that's that's uh, you need to get them on before you go live. Uh, one of the benefits, again, I, I love, I, I hate to beat the beat the name, but Podmatch, it, it makes it really nice because the people that you're going to book for interviews are there to do interviews. The majority of them uh, have done hundreds of interviews or tens, 20, 50 interviews before. They're comfortable doing it. They pay a fee every month to be on podcasts small fee let me tell you uh for what it's worth and the marketing you can get out of it but they are comfortable on shows a lot of the times uh interviewees will have never done an interview before or very few they're nervous maybe you have a bigger audience than they've ever spoken for uh spoken to before uh Kyle was just on TST uh, it's a little different going on TSP and uh, knowing that your interview is going to go out to a half a million people than it is uh, coming on Kyle's show uh, a week four or five when I came on when, you know, maybe it's a couple hundred, a couple thousand. You know, it's a it's a significant thing. And when you when you think about that, it, it makes you nervous. It makes you um, kind of stumble it makes you a little uh, uh, wavery in your voice. <coughs> As a host, you can you can ease that. You can ease that anxiety by talking um, talking to them prior, getting them comfortable, uh, just having a normal conversation, and and kind of get that anxiety out of the way. Once you start the interview, uh, once I, uh, once you start that interview, you can make them feel comfortable by just having a little bit of small talk, um, easy questions. Don't just dive into a super, uh, in-depth question right off the bat. Maybe you want to, maybe you want to, um, chat with them, let them introduce themselves, let them take, uh, an easy question, uh, something that anybody would know no no uh no in-depth thinking needed 
get them talking. Uh, if you know your guest is comfortable, if they look like, oh, this is just the eight millionth time, roll with it. If you have a nervous guest, get them calmed down before the interview starts, or you might have to struggle with them through through that. Um, Kyle says he wishes he wishes it was a couple hundred. Uh, he says my the episode he recorded with me has twenty seven listens. Hey. 27 is more than zero, my man. Um, let's see. Backwoods Butcher says, my go-to for people who aren't used to podcasting is to explain yourself like you're at a wedding and enjoy the people you're sitting with. It's the highlights of your life story. Uh, okay. <laughs> Why are you going to weddings, man? What? What, what do you mean? At your wedding, like when you're talking to your wife, oh, or as a guest at a wedding when you're sitting at a table with a bunch of people you don't know. Interesting, interesting analogy. Uh, but make them comfortable. Give them, give them, um, give them something to rely on. Be able to, if if they start having issues, be able to jump in and uh, and save them and save them. So. Let me see here. What is next? Uh, listen actively. Listen to what your guests are saying. Respond to their answers. Be willing. Don't have your list of questions. I mentioned before, be prepared. Do your homework. Have a list of questions. Uh, know kind of where your interview wants, where you want it to go, what answers you want to get out of the person. But don't be afraid to diverge from there. Ask a question, and when they give an answer, if something, if you're being curious, if you're listening to them, and you hear something that you want to explore, go for it. Go for it. Jot it down so you don't forget. Um, sometimes answers can be long-winded for guests, and they go through multiple things. Jot it down. Remember it. Type it on a little notepad. Whatever you have to do. But go, be willing to go and explore those things. The nice part about having all those questions and answers or questions in front of you that you want answered is you can explore things and come back to your framework. You can always circle back to the questions that you intended to get to. Put them in order of the most important or chronologically and bring yourself back to those questions as you're going through the interview. But let yourself explore what they're talking. It also shows that you are engaged in what they're saying. When people feel like you're listening to them, when people know that you're listening to them, they're going to engage more. They're going to share more and go down better paths of answering questions. Um, in your in your in your uh, in your day to day conversations, this is uh, it's a fantastic thing. Um, man, I, I get distracted all the time. I, I unfortunately, uh, get distracted when I'm talking to my wife. I can tell the difference when I'm actively engaged in a conversation with her, or if I'm doing 15 things and trying to have a conversation with her. <coughs> actively engage, actively engage, ask questions beyond your, your six generic questions that you want to get covered in your, in your interview. Um, <laughs> wedding or funeral, same stuff. Hey, James, good morning. Sorry, your truck wouldn't start this morning. I just saw your message there. Um, 
anyway, so listen, actively, actively listen. Don't listen to the answer and just ask a random question after the fact. Transition into it at a minimum. At a minimum, acknowledge the answer they gave and transition into a, into a new question. Uh, next on my list here is ask open-ended questions. Don't answer yet or don't ask yes or no questions in an interview unless it's purpose, unless it's purpose driven. Maybe, maybe there is something you need to find out a yes or no answer, but don't expect more than a, a, than a second out of that. Yes. No. Man, uh, police interrogation, definitely answer yes, no, and don't give more information than you need. But if you want an entertaining interview and the purpose of an interview is to get information out there, you're going to want to answer open-ended questions. Ask people, um, ask people stories, ask people for their opinions or insights on a topic. Uh, it's going to make for a much more interesting conversation. And the fact that um, uh, the fact that you the fact that you ask that open-ended question and they start digging into it, it all comes together. You get to listen actively to their in-depth response, not just the yes or no. And you're going to be able to be curious. You're going to be able to pick apart these answers that they're giving. When you get people talking, the majority of people want to keep. Hey guys, I am back. Elon bumping around today. Oh, that was another thing that uh, yesterday was uh, some some Starlink switchover somebody was talking about. I didn't know about uh, weird because I used the service. Corey said the service never went out. I'll have to talk about that tomorrow on the coffee talk. Anyway, we're talking about opening, asking open-ended questions uh, to spur that discussion, not just a question-answer session. Spur a discussion. Have a discussion. Um, you know, be willing be willing to answer the question a little more in depth too. I think, I think being willing to participate in your own interview, um, not your own interview as in you're being interviewed, but being able to interject at a, at a appropriate level um, experience of your own relating your life, your show or whatever to the guest. Um, makes them more engaged and comfortable too. Have it be more like a conversation than uh, like a two-way conversation that is enjoyable. When you um, when you think of a conversation that you really enjoyed that uh, that made you feel fulfilled or that um, that you were like you were excited to talk to the person again, was it someone sitting there just asking you questions, or is it? Someone asks a question and you give an answer. And from that answer, they reply with something something relevant from their life, something experience uh, uh, similar to you or uh, something that your conclusion made them realize. Having that back and forth on questions and being 
willing to explore topics really makes for a better interview than just sitting down and asking question, 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 and taking their answer and moving on. Uh, that kind of leads into the next one, and it's really stay flexible. Um, man, chase rabbit holes. I, I mentioned it before. It's so important. It's so important. When you hear a guest say something that is an opening, it's a door that opens that you 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 see it as you do this more and you're talking to people and especially day-to-day conversations, man. This is this is a home run for having better conversations with people in person um, or a coworker or an interview or anything really interview as in job interview, not like a podcast interview, man, be willing to go down those rabbit holes, be willing to pull the strings. You never know what the next answer is going to open up. You don't know what that next answer, what road that's going to lead you down, what revelation that's going to, that's going to bring out what soundbite you're going to get out of it. Not gotcha soundbites, but really solid ideas. Um, Be willing to shift the whole nature of the interview on the fly. Uh, You know, you have your six questions, your eight questions. Man, eight questions for an hour interview, primo, if you have to go through them all. Uh, But man, if if you have an interesting guest coming on, Maybe they're a polymath. Maybe they're somebody that's kind of gone the gamut of different things. I've interviewed a lot of people through Podmatch that, man, have had 100 careers. Not 100, really, maybe like 15. I've had people that I was like looking at their background and I felt so comfortable with them because it was very similar to mine. But job, different industries, different jobs, different uh, adventures. And being willing to dive down any of those paths and not have to stick to your rigid framework, uh, it, it really it really can open doors for some great conversations. Um, <laughs> good morning, K Bonk. How are we doing? Good morning. How are you doing? I, uh, I hope you're having a good day. Um, anyway, be willing to explore listen to those questions. These all kind of, these all kind of lap on top of each other. If you do any of these, they kind of actively spur the others, but staying, staying flexible. Uh, The next one, embrace silence, embrace silence. You know, the old sales techniques don't say anything. Don't ask the question. And shut up. Ask the question and just shut up and wait for an answer. Let the guest have some time to think. First of all, uh, it's okay to have silence in there. I I struggle with this. I definitely struggle with this one. I've worked on it. But giving that guest a moment to uh, think about their answer dive more into their answer, collect their thoughts, um, go on with a continuation of a thought, let it happen. Let that silence happen. Let the, let the dramatic, I mean, for, for several purposes, dramatic pause 
will definitely make the next statement more impactful. And if you're dealing with someone that's a, uh, a fairly competent speaker, they might be doing that for, for a, not, I don't want to say effect, that might be their cadence of their speech. The dramatic pause, the, the, um, the, the, the exclamation point on a statement by having a long pause before it. Don't take that pause as an opportunity to ask another question. I've done it. And the minute I did it, I realized it. Now, the second I did it, I realized it. And I went, oh, shit. Um, recognize that. Understand that. And utilize it to your advantage, too. Utilize it to your advantage in conversation um, to see to see what um, what the other person is trying to get at. Um, K-Bong said, did your Starlink alert yesterday? I hope he changed that message. Uh, we didn't get any sort of messages on Starlink, but when the thing went down, I wasn't attached to it. I was off, uh, off site, but anyway, embracing the silence is, uh, is a great way to make an interview better. Those silent pauses are okay. Don't worry. Don't worry about them. They're actually good. Uh, a couple more here on the list. Uh, show enthusiasm. Uh, be, be interested in your guest topic. Don't bring people on your show who you have no interest at, in. Uh, hopefully, you're bringing guests on that you want to talk to. It makes things so much easier when you're interested in what they have to say, whether that be as a in agreement uh, exploring their topic that they want further or the topic that they bring, you might want to explore it further, learn about it, uh, question it. You might be uh, uh, totally against it and you want to have a confrontational interview. I don't care, but at least show enthusiasm for, against, indifferent, digging further, going down holes, exploring things, whatever. Be enthusiastic. There's nothing worse than the guy sitting there and just asking questions, and you can tell that he doesn't give a shit about the topic. Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your guest's time? And why are you wasting your listeners' time talking about something you give two shits about? Is it something that your listeners want to talk to or listen or to listen about? Um, then you know what? Maybe you have the wrong audience because if you're if your listener base if you're doing it for them and they're not interested in what you're talking about, and I, God, I hope you're interested in what you're talking about. Maybe you should reevaluate. Maybe you should reevaluate. But show enthusiasm. I know we all have ups and downs and days that uh, days that we don't want to do it or uh, it's just not feeling right, and that shows through. But try, in general, to have passion about what you're talking about. Day-to-day -day conversations, conversations at the wedding reception table or at the grocery store or just in the park when you uh, when you run into somebody randomly, you don't get to choose those topics. Feign enthusiasm for a minute if you want to have a decent conversation. If you're forced to sit and talk to somebody, if, you're, uh, if it's just a situation where that's happening, at least act interested. <laughs> I mean... Show show them some interest in the conversation. You never know where it might spiral down into something that you actually do care about. But uh, definitely show enthusiasm 
in your interviews, pick guests that you can be enthusiastic about the topic they want to talk about. Um, Gingerbread says Art Bell had lots of people on where you could tell he wasn't into their thing. Yeah, yeah, there is that. You can definitely tell. The best interviews, I don't I don't know if Art Bell really ever had a, a bad interview. Well, yeah, I shouldn't say that. But those best interviews are the ones you can tell um, that they're interested. Um, Pip says, keeping silent and waiting for the customer to think was a hard lesson to learn. I kept adding info about the car problem and speculate on why and what could be done instead of shutting up. Uh, Pip says, just fake it, you know, like the X. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, show enthusiasm, that was on the list. Um, and uh, a couple here, a couple of uh, last ones. End on a high note. End on a, a high note. I, uh, I really like to wrap up the interview, do a, a little synopsis. Um, my MO on my interviews, and it might not fit for your, for your, uh, format, but bring the guest on, find out what they're doing, why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, everybody has something to sell. Everybody has something to pitch, or they're trying to get exposure for something. Uh, that's why they're coming on podcasts. You have to understand that no one's coming on just to, oh, um, I thought I would go on a bunch of podcasts and talk about shit. People are trying to sell a book. They're trying to sell a program. They're trying to sell a business. They're trying to uh, just get exposure for their business. But I feel that audiences receive that message much, much better when you get to, when you, when you let the, or guide, guide the guest into explaining why they're doing what they're doing, why they wrote the book, why, why find out their, why it was the title. This was the reason that I did this episode was right there is to tell, get the guests to tell their why so that the audience can engage at the end and understand why they're so passionate about what they're selling, about what they're promoting, about what they're trying to gain traction with. Follow up at the end, summarize their why, explain what they're what they're promoting, give their call to action, and then I like to give the guest the floor. If they want to talk for 20 minutes, have at it. Do you know when you get the best out of people is when they can talk about what they're passionate about. And when you give them free reign and you give them the floor, some are like, holy shit, what are you doing? I try to preface it before the show, uh, before we go live so that they have a little heads up. But you can tell you can tell when people have done this and they, they have that. They have that in their head that they can just spit out. But letting them have the floor, letting them pitch their stuff, no pressure, um, and then just leave the audience with something uh, that something inspirational or whatever they like to leave an audience with, I think ends on a high note. It ends on the the guest having um, I don't want to say the control, but the the feeling that they really got to say what they wanted to at the end, uh, and they're usually pretty passionate about it. 
but exposing that why that they're, why they're passionate about what they are and then giving them the opportunity to pitch that. I think it really helps end on a high note for the interview. Thank the guests for being there and then close up the interview however you do uh, on your podcast. But um, conversationally, it's always nice. Um, <laughs> conversationally, it's, um, it's always good to walk away from a conversation on a high note. And if you can, if you can, there's certain situations you can't, but if you can, if you can leave a conversation on a good note, uh, how many times have you walked away from just a great random conversation and later in the day, you're just like, huh, you ever, uh, you ever done that when it was just like dull and boring, you walked away, they're just like fade into the normal interactions of the day. Those ones that end on a high note and leave you thinking, leave you wondering or leave you inspired, um, you think about again, you think about them again, and you maybe it gets you to dig into a new topic or whatever. But leaving leaving those interviews on a high note is very, uh, very important. And follow up. Um, this is just for podcast guests, uh, podcast interviews or whatever kind of interviews you're doing. Follow up, follow up with them. Thank them. I always provide audio and video and links and everything I can to the guests to make them and make it easy for them to share. Make it easy for them to distribute. Uh, let them use the, the content as they need. Uh, that's just my policy. I think it works nice. Uh, they put the time into it as well as I did. Uh, and they they can use it. Man, any eyes on my stuff it makes for me uh, is, is worth it. So follow up with them. <coughs> Build those relationships. Ask them if, uh, ask them if there's others that uh, you think you should interview, if they know anybody, if they could recommend anybody, if they could send anybody your way, uh, ask them if there's anything you can do to further uh, the relationship you uh, have built with them in that short period of time that you're interviewing them. And uh, keep in touch, follow up with them later on too. And don't be afraid to ask them for uh, for a little help or if they have a podcast and you, uh, you are going on guests, if you are a guest, you can go on their show and uh, and and just uh, exchange uh, services there. Uh, that's kind of it on my list. Um, Backwood says he's learned a lot from listening and being on my show. Well, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Uh, Gingerbread says I just walk away from conversations. Uh, hold on, I uh, I was just reading a comment there. Excuse me. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this up, guys. I uh, I got through that list. I I put these lists together, and I'm never sure if I'm going to make it all the way through them. But I did make it through this one. Uh, you're going to want to join me tomorrow for the show. We're going to um, have a 10k giveaway. If we can get 10 people in on the 10k giveaway tomorrow morning at the end of the show, uh, we will bump that to 15k. Because if we can get the first week given away with 10 qualified entrants. We'll bump that base level to 15K. So, hey, show up tomorrow. 10 of us. 10 of us entering that drawing. I shouldn't say us. I'm not entering anymore. I did that by accident one week. But uh, tomorrow's topic goes right along with that 10K giveaway is Bitcoin. And, guys, I am going to give you arguments against Bitcoin. Yes, against Bitcoin. I have a list, I believe, of 10 arguments against Bitcoin. 
Do I agree with them? I don't know. I guess you'll probably have to tune in tomorrow to find out if I'm going to agree with them or just rip them to pieces. Um, ah, you might be able to guess what, what's going to happen. But anyway, if you would like to participate in the live comments for that, you can join it Friday morning, 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, or every day, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central on all those places. If, you'd enjoy, if you enjoyed this show, please, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about the episode along with links to all my social media services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. And man, tomorrow when we circle back, it's going to be Friday. Let's give that 10K away and bump up that base to 15K every Friday. Have a good day, guys. Make it a great Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.